The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac 19 and joining us as always is the Rickster. How are you, buddy? I'm always here, my friend. I'm, I'm always here. That's how I am. That's it. That's what Rain. our title should be here. We are here. Hail. That's what it should be. Shine. Tiredness. Doesn't matter. Fatigue. Always here for our five listeners. Yeah. That's all that matters. And what a five listeners they are. Thank you, everyone that listens. Any superstars. Absolute guns. <coughs> Excuse me. Absolute guns. Well, what a game that was on the weekend, mate. Oh, you almost predicted the script. Almost. Almost. I got it the wrong way around. Chad kicked the first goal, not the last goal. So. Yeah, but you did. You uh, you were you were pretty close. I was thinking, oh, no, Macca's pessimism is almost going to come to fruition here until, alas, the end. So, but it doesn't matter. The win's a win. I think all the... You look at all the scores, though. I mean, Geelong wasn't convincing against Adelaide and Brisbane... Yeah. Just got over the line against uh, St Kilda. Uh, you know, I think maybe a bit of um, fatigue and and maybe energy management by the teams is is kicking in. Um, you know, I don't think it's just Port Adelaide that's uh, sort of just going through the motions. Struggling. No, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's think. not just us. No, so and it'll be interesting to see West Coast out of their little bubble. Yeah, absolutely. Do you see? Uh, do you see the story today about? Um, Apparently, West Coast are willing to offer $2 million to North Melbourne to move their game. Really? Well, that, wow. that, was, the, that was the online story I saw, that yeah, that West Coast could be potentially willing to pay the Roos $2 mil that are sitting on 17th of the ladder uh, to move their home game to Perth. Well, they should beat them How... wherever anyway, shouldn't they, really? Yeah, I just... Don't know if that's. It's probably not kosher and, this year, to be honest. It's not a fair and measurable. But then you know Brisbane are playing fourteen out of seventeen games at home, so not much is fair this year. But there you go. Yeah, I just I don't know. Something just seems a bit off, you know, when a home a rich club can buy a poor club to move their game to their advantage. It, how does that uh, go with the integrity of the the whole league? Yeah, well. There is none, really, but... But then apparently Richmond refused to travel to play West Coast and Perth unless all their partners and spouses could come too. If that yeah. rumour's true, I don't know, but uh, who knows? Buddy mm. fast. They, all these people need to toughen up. Toughen up. That's it. Uh, right, let's get into our love and hate. One thing we loved, one thing we hated about the footy on the weekend. What was your love this week, buddy? Set plays, Macca. Set plays. Set plays. Thing of Laid beauty. to Burgoyne. What a beauty that was. It was. It was, um, you know, the, the, the whole, I mean, who, who gets the credit? You know, Schofield, <coughs> excuse me, the players. I, I might be doing a bit of coughing. I'm just getting over this flu so or cold, so I apologise. But, COVID, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, the whole review, like Butters recognised wines, but, you know, there was lice that still executed the tap perfectly and, yeah, it's a, a thing of beauty, and uh, one of the commentators sort of mentioned that you know it was goal of the year, and and when you think about it, I guess you know when we talk about goals of the year, we we always just think of that flashy individual piece of brilliance um, from one particular player, but you know that was a, that was an amazing team goal. I mean, the goal itself, he made it easy in the end, but yeah, the whole team, the structure, and everything else was um, a thing of beauty, and what a to keep us top of the ladder. So double love. Yeah, you know, so uh, top of the ladder, um, going well, winning games that we would have lost in previous seasons, and uh, and yeah, having a bit of structure and system at the right time—it's a thing of beauty. Yeah, it was a great goal, great set play. Everyone did their job. You you know, you need people blocking at the right spot, and you know, for that sort of thing to come off in AFL footy is uh, is a thing of beauty, especially at that time, to seal the game. Um, great goal. Great effort. 
Good teamwork. Mm, put a put a little bit of a dagger in the form of Port Adelaide players' hearts. Yeah. Teach them a lesson for leaving. That's it. Um, my love this week was Tom Cleary, who I'm not sure I've actually had him as a, as a love on our podcast before, but uh, you know he got absolutely hammered the week before against Geelong. Um, and I thought he came back and played one of his best games. Um, you know, he just destroyed Patton, who's a pretty difficult opponent to come up against. You know, he's totally strong. Um, whilst he's lost a bit of mobility, he can still take marks out on the lead. And, you know, Tommy kept up with him. He took a lot of intercept marks, um, played really well, spoiled really well, and uh, used the ball really well. So it was a good comeback from Tom. <coughs> good call, Mac. It's interesting, like, um, looking at Patton and uh, Hawkins, they're very similar in build. Um, but, you know, Clory bathed Patton and uh, and got bathed by Hawkins. It seems a bit weird, but Patton played a, a lot higher up the ground, I guess, as well. Um, yeah. bit he Clory had the advantage of maybe a bit more congestion to help him out a little bit more. But, um, yeah, it's good Our to Our team defence was a lot better. It was, and, but you're right, his marking was strong. I, I noticed that um, through the replay and... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was good to see him bounce back because yeah, he had a he had a bit of a well, the defense as a whole had a stinker against Geelong. Let's face it, so yeah. I think it's hard to it's hard to single out Cleary a lot. But um, yeah, good call, good call, Absolutely. Maka. Um What was your hate this week? Well, what was your hate? My hate is something that I've had as a hate probably fifty-seven times on this podcast, and that's our goal kicking. It's just not good enough. Nine goals, 14 after, you know, what were we? One goal, seven the week before at mm. halftime. Like, it's just not good enough. Like, I've just run out of patience with our goal kicking. Um, I think it's you know, fitness related. I don't know if it's fitness related or if it's just the places that we're having shots from or confidence or who knows what it is. But, you know, when you're missing goals from basically the goal square, like, that's just... Unacceptable, and yes, George Yardis has only played five games. He's young, yada yada. But yeah, nobody should be missing those sorts of goals ever. Well, you can ever. see he was leaning back on his kicks, you know, um, which obviously caused him to go to the right. Um, but uh, I didn't see the the missed goal in the in the goal square. That must have been in the second quarter. I didn't get the get that quarter on the replay, but. Um, I, I, my hunch is it's fitness related because you think we, our goal kicking in the first four rounds was superlative when uh, we were peak fitness and peak form and you know we had amazing accuracy and I was, I mean you were even talking about it. Wow, Port's changed the, turned the corner with our goal, goal kicking. We're uh, doing fantastically well and then I think as the seasons continued on and it's become a bit of a grind, uh, the goal kicking performances started to deteriorate. Um, you know, like you said, is it positional? Are the opposition getting us to different spots? I mean, in the first four rounds, we were really hitting front and square. Uh, you know, that the, the the goal square through to the 30-meter mark dead set in front a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but, yeah, I think there might be a bit of fitness related to it too. We seem to be eking out a little bit more to the flanks and the pockets nowadays, so mm. it's a bit disappointing. But nine out of thirteen matches this year, we've had less than fifty percent goal efficiency, which just isn't good enough. It's just not good enough. You need That'd to be below league average, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely, it would. Yeah, to have only four games Brisbane's where you've had, had more goals and points, that would be well below league average. And I think Brisbane's right up there with inaccuracy, also with us. Yeah. Which is Maybe. interesting, the two top teams. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, who knows? Who knows? But it just seems to be a yearly thing with us where we just, uh, I don't know, just have these games on a very, very regular basis where we just can't hit the target. And, uh, hey, well, you know, it cost we... us the 2017 elimination final, mate. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. But, uh, you know, we really should have been 14-9 and come away with a comfortable win as opposed to what it was. Yeah. But... Yep. That's my uh, that's my beef this week. What's yours, mate? Well, what a, back, just on your beef, what about the the reoccurring nature? Do, uh, is it coaching? Uh, do we coach? Do we practice enough? Do we? You know, I mean, there's been debate about Jay Shields coming, and Pete, the club don't want him, and you know, I mean, or 
you know, the great Treadray or Russell Ebert's Ben Perkins? Like, is it just the arrogance of the coaches not needing an external consultant? Like, is there something going on? I think on it's. There? I think you can't put your finger on one specific thing. I think it's a. It's a, a number of things. But you look at St Kilda and their improved form this year and you look at, I think they showed a graph halfway through the season where they were having shots of goal from and it was dead in the, dead in the middle, right right in the corridor, most mm. of their shots on goal. Whereas you look at us and it's probably all over the shop. Um, mm. You know, we just don't, you know, we, we just seem happy to take shots from 50 out on the boundary, um, you know, on a fairly regular basis, which are pretty low percentage and... I don't know. Sometimes it comes off. Most of the time it doesn't, though. So we just yeah. need to get better. Well, I hate that Sam Powell-Pepper got suspended and had to go to the tribunal for that tackle. Is that the and most... I'm... Honestly, is that the most ridiculous suspension you've seen in football? Well, from a... Because I reckon it's up there. I mean, Port Adelaide seems to get the... Not the rub of the green quite often with suspensions and tribunals. And, yeah, that was, I don't know, just looked like a pretty legitimate tackle to me um, with no, you know, intent or malice to hurt the player outside of just tackling hard because he's a big boy. And, uh, yeah, I just, the fact that they made it go to the tribunal and make Port Adelaide appeal the decision uh, is pretty pathetic as far as I'm concerned. And, just you a know, waste of time well, and money, really, isn't it? Like, you've got to pay lawyers for these things. It's just an absolute waste of money, absolute waste of time. Should not have gone anywhere near the tribunal. And I was looking, I watched AFL 360 for the first time tonight in a very long time, and they were going to town on the match review panel and Michael Christian and how ridiculous it is and how they're just, they've just moved away from what the whole aspect of the MRP was supposed to be, which was consistency and... They just get these bugbears every couple of weeks and, you know, what was it? Something like four or five tackles this week have gone up uh, for review. Um, and some of them are just not... Like, you think, what the hell's wrong with that? Like, you know, that's the sort of tackle that that happens, like, 10 or 15 times a game, every single game, every week. And uh, suddenly they're pulling them out as being reportable and, in Pal Pepper's case, suspendable. Like, it's just ridiculous. I mean, the problem, I think the problem is that the AFL can't maintain a policy with their their rules for a season. You know, they there becomes a theme during the season and it's like, oh, we better address that and, oh, I can't have that happen. And, yeah. Oh, we'll change the rules. Oh, oh, let's change the rules again. So I'm not even sure if you know, we can really have a go at the match review panel too much because... I feel like it's a top-down approach. Like, well, we better get heavy on these tackles now because someone got injured and it's not good enough and it shouldn't happen. So, all right, you guys got to be harder, you know. And uh, you know, and then the pressure goes on there. But um, yeah, I mean, they just really need to do. These are the rules. Mm. This is what how it's going to go for the whole season, regardless of how the season pans out. With the rules, that's it. And then if it doesn't work, well, maybe you review it at the end of the year for the following season. But you just end up with this kangaroo court, and um, well, the yeah, AFL as a whole, like we just change our rules so much. Like we must be the only, as I've said before, we must be the only sport in the world which changes its rules, like not just every season, but mid-season, like in the middle yeah. of a friggin' season, you're changing rules. Like it's, it's just bullshit. It's it's very embarrassing. It's very amateur. And um, I, I do agree. I think Steve Hawking's got a lot of, a lot to answer for, but I think Michael Christian definitely has a lot to answer for as well. And what happened with um, Tom? He's Lynch? just not been good the whole thing. He's just not been good the whole time. He's been the leader of the MRP. It's just been a joke. And um, I've got no doubt that, as we said, like it's, it's pretty clear. Like you watch the vision, you go through the steps, and it spits out a response. Like which which in Pal Pepper's case should have been no response. Um, but I've got no doubt he's looked at that and gone, oh, that should be a week. How, how do we organise the matrix so that it comes out as a week? Mm. Like, for him to, to view that as medium impact, when he got straight back up and five seconds after that tackle, he took a ruck contest. Like, how is that medium impact when you're taking head, a ruck contest five seconds later? Maker. 
Yeah, but that's medium impact is when you're dazed and you have to come off the ground and do a concussion test. That's medium impact. Not, oh, mm. let's get up and do a ruck contest five seconds later. Like, it's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. And Lynch got thrown out, I think, so... Yeah, well, yeah. so it should have. I mean, yeah. they should have rubbed him out for some of his stupid gut punches, maybe, just to teach him a lesson. But, yeah, what he did the other night, yeah, that was, was, was farcical as well. Nothing. It was almost like... I mean, they they spoke about it on 360 last night. It was almost like, oh, he got away with it and the media didn't like it. So, well, we better put him up to the tribunal for this one and see if we can do something to sort of make up for it. It's just, yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, very weird. Very strange. And anyway, let's talk about the game. It was uh, round 13. We came up against Hawthorne at uh, Adelaide Oval on Saturday afternoon and... It was a pretty tough start for Port Adelaide, and it was played in uh, some pretty ordinary conditions. Very, very windy. It was it rained all morning. Um, the ground would have dried out a little bit from then. But uh, we came away with a, a ten-point victory. Nine goals, fourteen to nine goals, four. Um, Zach Butters and Charlie Dixon were our only multiple goal kickers with two goals each. How did you see the game, mate? I saw the game in uh, in sections. It was. Um... As I said to you before we started, it was it was a hard game to review. It um, it was it was weird to assess. There was no real continuity or flow, and like distinctive uh, game style it was a real grind. And you know, I wasn't at the game; I had to work. But um, I just wondered if maybe the windy conditions, <coughs> excuse me, really uh, affected um, the standard of the game, but. You know, if you want to talk about match review and umpiring, um, you know, again, my bugbear, these players just getting caught and dropping the ball, you know, it's just frustrating. Um, you know, but I, what I saw was I thought it was a physical contest. Um, both both sides were, were trying hard. Um, I think people were maybe put off by Port because we, um, the Port supporters, that is, from, you know, being three goals down at the beginning of the game. Um, but, you know, to their credit, Hawthorne came out firing. They've sort of acclimatised to Adelaide, I guess, and, you know, so they were reasonably settled and um, they gave Port Adelaide a shake. But I think, uh, to the credit, Port Adelaide came back. I thought, you know, the midfield played reasonably well. Travis Boak uh, was fantastic again and, uh, well, I heard, I heard on the radio, he's second in the uh, Coaches Award now, which he probably yep. deserves to be. And, uh, you know, Rockcliffe had a good game and, I thought people were a bit tough on on wines. I thought he did his job. So in other words, the uh, you know the midfield did what they needed to do. Lysa was a bit I don't know interesting, but he was good at the end. Yeah. And um, yeah, look, I, I just as you said, the defence was a whole lot better. Our our forward line's probably the big question mark at the moment. We've we've seemed to have lost our way there, and we've gone back to uh, plonking it on top of Charlie's head, and there's not much leading going on. Um, and uh, but I don't know is that you know the absence of Marshall um, you know Rosie two instrumental players for us two young players but they make a big difference and you know I, I would imagine if we had um, you know Laddams Houston Burton Marshall Rosie in that side that's a I think that's a lot of class that um, you know we've lost out of it, you know, 20% of our class, classy players not playing, you know, yeah. and replaced, excuse my uh, wife destroying the house, um, you know, we've, we've replaced with role players, so to speak. So that's obviously yeah. going to have an output differential <laughs> as well. But at, at least in the last quarter, you know, the defensive intensity and the pressure came up a bit like the Richmond game and uh, we got away with a, a great result in the end. Yeah. Look, I thought the back line did play better, but Hawthorne got a lot of very easy goals. Like They were kicking most of their goals from within 10 metres out, um, which was uh, quite frustrating to watch at the ground. And Yeah, it was a pretty pretty crappy start for Port. You know, like Hawthorne got the jump and you know, Wingo kicked the first goal, Burgoyne kicked the third goal, and he thought, oh, here we go, they're going to bloody dominate. Um, but thankfully it didn't turn out that way. We had a ripper second quarter to get back into it and, and take a good lead into half-time and... Then Hawthorne came back and tied it up in the third quarter and you thought, oh, it's game on here. You know, who knows what's going to happen. And, you know, it was really on a nice edge until that Zach Butters moment. Um, yeah. But thankfully, he had that moment. 
Well, you know that um, Zach Butters was on Sean Burgoyne when he kicked the goal in the last as well, though. He did, yep, that's right. So um, he did drift off and uh, let Sean run away. Um, but, yeah, I, I was like, you yeah, I was thinking, uh, here we go in the first quarter. Is this going to be the uh, ex-Port Adelaide show today? But um, mm. what's happening with Chad? He, uh, Our man, he's, he's withering away and dying over there. I think he needs to come back. Yeah, that first goal was pretty embarrassing by him, I thought, you know, the way he threw his head back. But, uh, you know, good on him. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, look, he's just having a crap year, following up from a crap year last year. So, who knows? I, I don't think he's, you know, he's 100% in it anymore. Mm. Uh, and that was always going to be the worry with him. Um, you know, I, I think we got out at the right time and got something yeah. good for him. So. Uh, thankfully, that, so, uh, that's the case. Is Darcy Byrne-Jones behind Boak as our most consistent player for 2020? Oh, I think Jonas is probably a bit more consistent. I think Darcy would be right up there, though, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I thought, He's had a very I good season. And I, I noticed your, one of your comments in your review, which I noticed as well. Um, we did seem to excessively handball. We did. We did. Absolutely. I'm just not sure what our game plan was going into the game, but we weren't playing wet weather football. And whilst it wasn't raining during the game, it was windy as buggery. And uh, the ground would have still been... Like, the ball would have been wet. And here we are doing these sort of seven, eight, nine long handball strings mm. and going absolutely nowhere. <laughs> and it, it was very noticeable in the first quarter and it was really frustrating to watch at the ground. And um, a lot of people around me were, were very critical of uh, too many handballs. Well, we just I, I guess if we're going to have an observation of how we're playing at the moment uh, and try and work out why we're maybe not performing to the level we were earlier, I think we're not running and carrying the ball like we were in the beginning of the season. You know, a lot mm. more snappy kicks just out of a contest, forward, um, rushing, you know, I think that maybe the handballing, excessive handballing, was to try and maybe move it around and find that free player, and we just weren't able to do it. We, I think, I feel like we've lost a bit of pace. I even forgot Dersmer in that um, in that mix of players that I mentioned before as well. I mean, you add Rosie and Dersmer, there's a lot more pace in the side, um, and even Marshall um, compared to say your Boke and your Mays and and those type of players. So. Um, um, so yeah, so I feel like we have lost our our outside run and carry um, that we did have earlier in the season, and yeah, so maybe they're flicking it around trying to get that going, but it just didn't seem to work. Well, as you said, like Rosie helps with that, Dersma helps with that. He's out of the side with form at the moment, but um, when he's in form, he's um, he's as good as any. Burton helps with that as well. So you know, it is a lot of run out out of the team. And you mentioned the forward line before, how we just seem to be kicking it long to Dixon's head. And, um, yeah, that is a noticeable change, but I guess, you know, with Marshall out of the side, he takes some pressure off Charlie. Um, you know, Laddams has been reasonable up there as well um, and was really, really good in the Richmond game. So, I don't know, he was kind of a lone figure up there, Charlie, uh, for this game. And uh, I thought he did all right. Um, again, there's probably, you know, five or six times where he got two hands on the ball and dropped the mark, but... I don't know if he's ever going to fix that because that seems to be um, something of his game for the last you know three or four years. So I'm not sure if that's well. Going once to you hit the age of thirty, you know it's you probably hit your ceiling and you're probably going to be the you're probably being the optimal player that you could be. So yeah, I don't I don't it is what it is. It's just got to be something that's accepted, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, look, we're still winning. Um, we've got a nice draw to set us up. Uh, for the remainder of the season. I mean, if <coughs> the rumours are true that uh, Lysett might need another rest with his knee, I think it's probably the best time that it could happen um, you know, with the couple of uh, opposition teams we've got to, to bring in Hayes and uh, and see what he's got. And I guess Laddams could be in trouble um, if a, Hayes does come in and does a do, good job. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd imagine Laddams will be back on the lower end of the pecking order again. So... Um, well, that's bad luck but, yeah, for him. Well, um, it is bad luck for him. He made his choice. So, um, 
Yeah. What was uh, your and Porsche's take on the uh, suspension? Because I, uh, I obviously I missed out on the Thursday show. Did were you ravaging your criticism of those two boys? Oh, I think we were both pretty filthy. Yeah. 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 So I mean, look, at least we're winning. We're, it shows we've got a bit more depth, a bit more systemization perhaps than what we were in previous seasons and. Um, yeah, look, I mean, it's, we, we can only do what we can do, and we won the game. So, yeah. yeah and I, and I know a, a lot as of... has been mentioned on Bigfooty and other places, like in previous years, we would have lost this. So, yeah, of course. Well, I'm yeah. happy we got the win, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why we didn't make finals the last two years, because we coughed up these games. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, even the people that want to suggest that we haven't beaten, you know, Brisbane or St Kilda or Geelong... Um, yeah, I don't really give a shit. We've beaten Richmond. You know, they're still like the premiership favourite, West Coast. Um, you know, so we've beaten top eight sides. So yep. we're good enough, I think. Uh, we're doing all right. Yeah, we can be better. But there's no point firing on all cylinders right this very moment. Um, still five, six weeks out from final. So uh, let's get all those um, players back in that we need. And I, I definitely think the Marshall and Cup play has been missed. Before he got injured, we commented that he's playing that true link-up centre-half forward, which does suck the defence up the ground as well. Um, and because, uh, you know, we, we haven't really replaced that role. I don't think Laddams or Westhoff or George Artis are doing that as well as what he was. So, yeah. um, you know, I think that allows the defence probably to sit back a little bit more and sweat on uh, Dixon. So, but we need to be smarter. I don't understand why, if they know that that's going to happen with Dixon, you know, why don't you get him? Like, if you had two tall players in the goal square, why wouldn't you get him instead of leading straight out to go maybe on a 45-degree angle as a bit mm. of a decoy and then have your Mitch or your West off or whoever run straight up the ground, um, be that leading forward and give yourself two separate options? Yeah. Um, but what would I know? I just... Uh, Sit and watch it on TV and or at the ground and make comments on a on a little crappy radio show. I'm not paid five hundred grand a year, but that's what I would do. Yep, fair enough. Uh, there were four inclusions this week. Let's go through them and see how they went. Westoff was uh, was the main one, I guess. Um, how did you see his game? Did he play? Yeah, <laughs> was kind of a bit like that. He uh, he didn't really do a lot. It's interesting. I thought he started the season well, and I was thinking, here we go. He might, uh, he might be running around again next year. But he, he's just really dissipated, isn't he? I mean, at the moment, I think his own his real value is just as that versatile chop out second ruckman. That's about yeah. it at the moment. It's pretty much about it. He, he didn't really offer much up forward this week. No. Nah. Um, Ebert was back. How how did you see his game? No, oh, he was okay. Uh, what he, he got that goal in the in the second or the first was it no first um yeah he's got the helmet back on so obviously the cushion concussion's a bit of an issue again mm. um i thought he played really well I, I thought he was okay he tackled well and got in the play he did what brad ebert does yep that's fair enough uh Geraldine, how did you see his game it was better than the geelong game yeah absolutely um yeah i'm still not a i'm not convinced as with Lena as a defender, I, you know, if I have to put my life on it, it definitely, uh, I wouldn't be putting my life on it. <coughs> I could, I think, a, you know, I think we've said it before and I've seen other people talk about it, that he's probably a, a defensive wingman or a wingman. Um, that's where he played his SANFL. Um, I could see that maybe working for him. I think, I don't think he, he could do that as a first 22 player, but as a depth player. But again, I thought he was serviceable against Hawthorne. I wouldn't say it was deplorable. No, he was. He did his job. You know, we spoke about yep. role players a bit earlier, and uh, you know, he's one of them. And he came in, he did his job, beat his opponent, and uh, that's what we needed him to do. And, and he did it, which is good. Yep. And Riley Bonner, Correct. mate, uh, the much uh, maligned well, what did Riley you Bonner. Think of Riley? I thought he was good. I thought he was good. Yep. He made. I thought he made one bad decision in the first quarter, which cost a goal. Uh, he kicked it out on the full once, but outside of that, I thought um, the rest of his game was more than solid. I thought he was pretty did good. You, um, did you think he was a little bit unfairly criticised on social after the game? Yep. Is it just because people end up just having a stigma of a player and it's hard to shift that uh, viewpoint? 
It's hard to shift the uh, the opinions once they're formed, yeah. I think. And um, I mean, I didn't. Think, unfortunately, I didn't look, Riley. Horrendous. Yeah, look, Riley is. Um, you know, he's a. He's not a hard player, is he? He's you know he's outside and. You know, he does the running and all that sort of stuff and doesn't really put his body on the line all that often and you know, he can get outbodied deep in defence and cost goals and that sort of thing. But um, look, I, I take each game as it comes and I thought in this particular game he was pretty good. And that's not to say mm. that some of those criticisms aren't warranted because they are, but um, I think when a maligned player plays a really good game, it's, I think it's still important that um, that gets noticed as well. And I thought he was pretty good. I don't get the um, the Bonner hate. I don't think he's as bad as what you guys, especially you, Macca, have against him. You guys have got an agenda against Me? Riley. But... <laughs> I'm one of hey? his supporters. You're a, you're a Riley bagger. I've seen you bagging him on Big Footy. Riley bagger? Me? Not me, mate. Yeah. Hey? Wouldn't be me, mate. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're... I'm just about the only person that likes him on Big Footy. <laughs> What about what about the man, Travis? The Trav, the Boke, the Brownlow winner. He's uh, he's gunning it. He had another great game. Nine clearances, thirty-four touches. <coughs> probably another three votes. That's you know could be up to six games. He's got three votes in this year, and we, he probably won't win the Brownlow, but um, he should uh, at least place. I would think. Um, yeah. I won't lock you nil, but you never know. You never know. But um, you know, he's just having. You know, probably a better year than last year, which was uh, one out of the blue, and uh, he's just in great form. He's just unlucky that um, Lockie Neal's unstoppable at the moment, because, uh, and it's a shame because it'd be good recognition for his career, um, you know, to get rewarded like that. But I guess if you get in the top three of the Brownlow, it's a great achievement in itself, anyway. So. It is. Uh, and he doesn't seem like the sort of guy that really is, makes too much fuss about that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, it'd be good on him for the rewards. And uh, what about Rockcliffe in his 200th? I thought he played a pretty good game. He was right up there in our best players and, you know, was back to the Rockcliffe that we need out there and, you know, distributing really well, getting the ball in tight and doing all those hard things. So, yeah, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. No, it's exciting. You know, I'm loving the fact that we're on top of the ladder. And uh, I think top two is ours for the taking. It is. I think uh, you know, we're in a good position to do that. And uh, all we've got to do is keep winning. And um, what's, your, what's your predicted top what four? Do? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what the ladder is, mate. But uh, Well, it's Port, Brisbane, Geelong, West Coast, I think. I don't know. I've probably got to look at the fixture, but uh, I think I don't know. I'm, I think we might drop one game at this point. I don't know who Geelong or Brisbane play, but I imagine Brisbane might um, might end up top at the ladder. I would think with their run of home games. I think Geelong are in you know pretty decent form as well. Look, all we got to do is keep winning. Really, so that's what all if we got to do. Port West Coast final at Adelaide Oval. Time for for uh, some redemption, mate. Do we uh, do we pay uh, Gold Coast two grand to play it at uh, Metricon? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> we would like to move to uh, Metricon, please. Mm. Yeah, but some redemption would be good, and not and not uh, give Shuey another head high uh, free kick. Yeah. Well, I guess we've got to wait and see with West Coast because their form in the hub earlier in the year was deplorable, so they're about to go into another one. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how they handle that and if they handle it any better than what they did at the start of the year. But um, I guess we'll have to wait so and you see. Could Richmond are knocking team, on the door, St Kilda are knocking on the door, so, yeah. If you could pick one team in the top eight and pull them out of the top eight so Port Adelaide didn't have to play them, which team would it be? Brisbane. Brisbane? Yeah. Interesting. Because we just don't play well against Brisbane at the moment. Whereas I think uh, all the others, you know, we beat Geelong last year. We beat West Coast last year. Um, you know, we beat Richmond this year. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think Brisbane's the, the main challenger at this point. 
the bogey side. Yeah, the bogey side. Hey, how did you see uh, Motlop's performance, and um, how long until he's out of the side? Uh, I'd say when Rosie's back. You think so? He's just not getting the ball. That's the thing. In uh, <laughs> six of his last seven games, he's had less than uh, or f- yeah, four or less kicks a game in six of his last seven. Yeah, is, I don't know. Uh, it's a bit weird. He's an experienced player. He should be getting more ball and doing more than what he does. So I don't know what it is. He's he's probably been a um, bit like Westhoff started off well in the beginning of the year and disappeared after the showdown. And, uh, you know, he's been a, a free agent failure, to be honest. And, I mean, he's just, he's um, just not doing anything at the moment. So nah. he's not kicking. He's kicked two goals in the last seven games. So he's not kicking goals. He's laid two tackles total in the last three games, so he's not putting defensive pressure on. He's not getting the ball. So I just don't understand why he's out there. Maybe he's playing the ultimate decoy role. Maybe. that could that could, <laughs> You could be onto something there, mate. You could be onto something. But, uh, I mean, I, I read that Watts has probably gone at the end of the year. Yeah, and... well, he's just not getting a chance, so you would have to think that uh, you know he's out of contract, so you would think that that's... Uh, that's goodbye, Jack. And uh, I'd say, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Motlop would probably be gone at the end of the year too, to be honest. Oh, I think he's got another contract for next year, unfortunately. Oh, I thought he was out of contract. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's contracted for next year. Oh, when the season started, everyone was saying, oh, he's in uh, contract year. That's why he's playing so well. Mm. No, I'm not well, sure. Would you, flick off, I'm... would you flick off his contract? Would you try and offload him to the Gold Coast or something? No, oh, I don't think anyone would pick him up in this sort of form. Mm. I, I, he's got no value at all at the moment. So um, you just sort of dump him as a salary dump and that's it, if we can afford it. But... cut the losses. Mm. All right, let's get on to some questions from Big Footy. Granny Durs is lovely. He's asked, how much of that game was us playing below ourselves and Hawks playing above themselves? I just think it was... Uh... I, don't know, I just think it was an average game, to be honest. It's just a tough game in crap conditions, and yeah, sort of evened out the the playing field a little bit. But you know, we're, yeah, both, both teams have got a lot to do with it. Yeah, you both were there, teams have got you? quality play. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, both teams have quality players. The conditions were pretty out. crappy, weren't they? Yeah, they weren't good. Yeah, yeah, it was the worst conditions we played in this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pommy Powers asked the best cocktail ever. Discuss. What are your favourite cocktails, mate? I do. I'm a fan of... Um... The Cosmopolitan? <laughs> you nah, look like rum, a Cosmo rum, kind of guy. Rum and pineapple cocktails I'm a big fan of. Okay. I don't mind the uh, the the Moscow Mule. Yep. Big fan of the Moscow Mule. What was that strawberry one we had the other day, Nicole? Cocktail. <coughs> Can't remember. That was really nice. Well, daiquiri or something. Yeah, might have been a daiquiri, but yeah, definitely the um, definitely the Moscow Mule and the um, yeah the the rum and pineapple were. I'm a big fan. I do love a good cocktail. I've got to say, um, my all time favourite's got to be the old fashioned, um, preferably a gin old fashioned. I reckon's great. Oh, um, mate. Negroni is outst- a good Negroni. There is nothing better than a good Negroni. I like oh. a like a South Side. That's really nice. A Tom Collins. Um, mojitos are really good they're great uh, Manhattan's gr- great Sidecar's great Americano's great Sidecar I love a bit of cognac and lemon cognac, lemon and triple sec oh god you're one of those people I'm never going on a drinking mission with you Jesus well, I like, I do you like, like all a... the dry sort of um, I cocktails do. yeah yeah that's right Yeah, I like all the sweet ones fair enough yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Interstater has asked, uh, is there any link between Nigel Hawthorne in Yes Minister and the Hawthorne Football Club? Both seem to be excellent at manipulating circumstances for their own benefit. I've never watched an episode of Yes Minister. I think I have a long time ago, but uh, yeah, not sure. I was never a fan of English humour. English humour is the best type of humour. No, it's not. Except it for the, go- the goodies. I did like the goodies. Goodies are all right. Nah, I couldn't stand English TV. It was just so dour. Oh. Rick, you're, let, you're letting the team down here, mate. But, I'm uh, sorry, mate, but 
<laughs> what on the wagon shows did you like, Macca? Come on, tell me. From uh, English comedy type shows. Well, well you can't beat you can't beat the English Office. Shows would you watch? Oh, the Office. Agatha Christie. Yeah, a bit of a uh, bit of Agatha Coronation Christie. Street. <laughs> Coronation Street. Definitely not. <laughs> Love a bit of a uh, Blackadder, a bit of Mr. Bean. They're always a bit good. Of Dad's Army. Dad's Army. Yeah. Oh, look, there's there's lots of good, uh, lots of great. I love uh, British TV. I think that's great. That's oh, probably my favourite as a as a whole. I reckon it's great. Americana all the way. Hmm. Uh, on the wagon has asked, uh, which are we? Number one, the same team with the same problems and therefore not likely to go far in finals. Or number two, a better team as we are winning games like this one that in previous years we would have lost. Number two. Yeah, I reckon it's number two. <coughs> Why um, Why do I want to leave my 2020 football experience getting stuck in our past seasons and uh, and just waiting and expecting failure? Where's the fun in that? Exactly right. Exactly right. We're top of the ladder, 10 and 3. We're in a great spot. Let's, well, we, uh, let's we live it up. We said it before. It's different to that 11 and 4 season. It is, you know, totally different. You could Blind Freddy could see that we were just going to fall away in that season, you know. Our game style just sucked. Like, our game style is competitive. We're, we're competitive. Um, we've got a different dynamic of players, even though, you know, six of our best players are out at the moment. The media just don't talk about it. Um, you know, we've, we've got a good mix of players, I think there's a lot to be optimistic about. And, you know, I mean, well, I respect the opposition and I think there's some great opposition teams. But I think on our day, if we play to our optimal, I think we can compete with all of them. And why not go in thinking that we, we're a chance this year? Yeah, well, I agree, 100%. Uh, back to the TV on the wagon is asked, what is the best TV show of all time? <sighs> Jesus. That's a tough one. He's listed some uh, some options here for you to choose from, if you like. Yeah. So we've got Game of Thrones, we've got Breaking Bad, The Simpsons, The Sopranos, Hey Dad, bit of an odd one, or Other. Uh, there's a lot. I think I, I'd have to go to the TV show that I'm happy to go back to and watch over and over. So I'd have to go Seinfeld. Fair enough. That'd be up there. That'd be right up there. <clears throat> I think uh, for me, The Wire is definitely number one. Well, not Which definitely number The Wire. I What's, think that... I've never even heard of that. What? You've never heard of The Wire? What's The Wire? Oh, you would love it. It's a it's an American sort of cop show. It's um it's outstanding. Huh. It's outstanding. Have you heard of that and... TV show, Nicole? The Wire. My wife's American and she hasn't even heard of that oh, show. You, you're nuts, mate. You're nuts. It's widely considered to be the best TV show of all time. The uh, best TV show of all time? When was this? In the 80s? 70s? No, no. no, no. Like, uh, I think the first season was about 2006 and it went to about 2010 or so. Get out. What is, what's it on? Stan? Netflix? Oh, I've got no idea, mate. I might have to, uh, <laughs> have to search this bad boy and have a look. <clears throat> but that, that would be... I think there's three standouts, and that's The Wire, The Sopranos, and Breaking Bad for storytelling, character development. Um, you know, Tony Soprano is probably the best anti-hero of all time, very closely followed by Walter White. Um, the Wire's what about the Walking Dead? Game of Thrones is up there. No, Walking Dead's too boring for me. Like, it's, Is it still going? It wouldn't surprise me if it's still going, because I think that show will like the zombies, will go forever and nothing will happen. Because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I watched the first sort of six seasons of that and then just gave up because I got sick of falling asleep halfway through episodes and waiting <laughs> for the five minutes every four episodes where something good actually happened. What about um, what about pre-1990? <sighs> I, know, I know you're 10 well, years. Well, so... I mentioned before Blackadder would be up there. Faulty Towers, a bit of Mr. Bean. That's my sort of thing. Talk about MASH. MASH was good. MASH was definitely good. Yeah, Cop Shop. Cop Shop, never watched that. <laughs> I'm wondering, uh, you know, I think we might have spoken about it many seasons ago. 
I was a big fan of The Greatest American Hero. Fair enough. Did you ever see that one? No. Go to YouTube. Hmm. That was a great one one season it got. Great show. Fair enough. Uh, G-Bear has asked for Porsche. How good is that, Butters? Pretty bloody good. We saved this every that week. Sh- it Pretty did that Sean Burgoyne kick that goal. Good. Very good. He's a gun. He, I love how, his, uh, how, I love his, um, his after-goal celebrations. How hard does he attack uh, the contest to get the ball, though? Like... When he set up the the win for us with Robbie Gray a couple of weeks ago, you know his attack on the ball um, to beat the two Richmond players, and then him running the channel just full throttle, one hundred percent speed, um, you know, ultimate confidence to get it. He's a he's a, a massively confident uh, impact player. It's exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. Uh, Porsche has asked uh, Brendan Archie another less than ten disposal game. She's sounding a bit bitter, Macca. <laughs> bit jaded. Well, there's only three games left. The pressure's pressure's on here. The I think the remaining shows are going to have to be the Archie countdown. I hope West Coast give him a fifty game banner. <laughs> and if there's any West Coast fans that listen to this show. If if you could wrangle it to get Rick was right on his fifty game banner, man, I'd I'd cough up 50, I'd cough up a thousand bucks for that. I reckon. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Rick was right. Fifty games, Brendan. Maybe mm. should I reach out to him and see if I can get him on the show? I'm sure you probably still got his number. Yeah, mm. for his fiftieth game. <laughs> hey, I love Brendan. I thought he was a, I he's a good he guy. Gave us a lot. He gave us a lot of time, Macca. He did. He did, absolutely. Yeah, he's yeah. a good guy. Uh, Portly has asked, uh, players not selected for games have had very little match practice. How do you think this may be affecting them when they do get a game? You would think that it would take them a little bit of time to get up to the speed. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how uh, how much effort is in these scratch matches that are being played, but uh, you know, it's not just us which is being affected by it. It's league-wide, so... Yeah, not sure. You'd, you'd think it'd be harder for younger first or second year players, more so than experienced players. You'd think experienced players should be able to adjust. Yeah, well, maybe that's the reason why we haven't seen someone like Bergman yet, who came into the season with uh, big raps, and um, even the coaches are saying, "Yeah, he'll play early," and we haven't seen him yet. Um, maybe Makes it's, sense. Uh, it'd be a it's big at that risk. point where they're probably maybe they're concerned that he might not get up to speed quick enough alright well I think if you if you're going to do that to the young kid you can't just bring him in for one game you know you're better off bringing in a, a maze or a Sutcliffe because um, at least they can probably react to the speed of the game with their experience a bit better I mean I think you're going to do that to a young kid you've got to give him a run of two or three games and you know with the season as it is now it's probably not something you'd probably most likely do yeah uh, Dusty Rapp has asked uh, if you could bring back Sean Burgoyne or Chad Wingard in their prime, who are you taking? Sean Burgoyne. Good question. Good question. In our current team, who would who would fit in? I reckon Sean take... because of the the midfield prowess. He and was the very clearance winning ability. In our midfield. Mm. Probably think... under understated. How I mean, we, we could do with both because Chad at his best was uh, dynamic up forward and, you know, he'd, he'd look bloody great in this side as well. But I don't know. I think uh, just, I would just pick Sean. That sort of 2006, 06, 07 seasons, that era Sean would look pretty exciting in this team. Well, that game against Brisbane at Pajaba in 2008 when we kicked like the first 10 goals... Mm, and lost. And, up, and then <laughs> went on to lose. Mm. <laughs> but that first half, he was just sublime. Yeah. I still can't believe we lost that game. That was mm. that was the beginning of the end of modern Port Adelaide, really, wasn't it? I've, I've tried to remove it from my memory, unfortunately. But It was funny. I was out at, uh, at an event. I can't remember. It was a birthday or something with family. Might have been my mother-in-law's 50th, I reckon. 
and um, you know this was before you know like iPhones and all that sort of stuff and you know I was checking the scores on like I can't even remember how I was checking the scores but it came up at quarter time like 10 goals to 3 or something like that and everyone was like oh you won this one I was like oh, I bet you will find a way to lose and sure enough we ended up losing much uh, to my chagrin and uh, much to the laughter of uh, my mother-in-law's family who's all crows so that was great <laughs> well it was embarrassing <laughs> very embarrassing but totally expected for that era of uh, Port Adelaide for sure well, but what do you mean that era? It's continued on till pretty much now. It has. It has, yeah. We are still in that era, yeah. We are still in that era. Yes. Uh, Dusty Rappers asks, who ends up having a better career, Sam Powell Pepper or Ollie Wines? Pepper. I'll say Wines. I got Peps. If, if Pepper is, ends is up Peps... at the level that Wines was at in, you know, 15 or 17, then I'd be very, very surprised. Is Peps like our modern Byron Pickett? Yeah, probably. Yep. Hard, loves attacking the body. Yeah, you know, he's got an intimidation no factor. Yeah. Yep, I think that's fair. Uh, just checking to see if we've got any more. That's it. That's all the questions done, mate. Mm, chat room was quiet tonight. Chat room. There was a little bit of uh, interest in the chat room. Yeah. Porsche in there crying over uh, Brendan. Yes. Yeah. Does she? Uh, does she remember that when he gets the fifty games, she owes me a thousand bucks? Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure it's the thousand bucks, mate, but uh, we will see. We will see. Well, I think it might have been fifty dollars. Hmm. That's a dollar a game. Yes. It's okay. I'm just happy to accept in his 50th game, Porsche saying on air that Rick is a better judge of footballing <laughs> talent than her. That's all she has to oh, say. And the, the proof will be in the pudding. It will be. Porsche has <laughs> just said on the uh, speaker chat, nah, nah. <laughs> That's it. Well, the uh, it's just going to prove itself. There, mm. There's no argument. Maybe. Well, that's it for tonight, folks. Until next time. Go Power. The Ports. Smash Sydney. 20 goals. 11-3. Bring it on.